Hello and welcome to episode 120. Have we made it this far? We have. I just said it. Of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other terrified survivors as masterpieces. Um, I am a generic zombie survivor number one for this podcast, and I will be joined as ever by Roger. Well, let's see. Can I do? I get to be rubbish reporter, absentee dad, or um, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we, we'll get there. We'll get there. We are um, discussing more zombie films, but there is a slight twist. Well, there's a twist if you're um. Uh, live in English-speaking countries because these are both foreign language films. We thought we don't do enough of those. And so we have gone for the loosely themed foreign language zombie, uh, duology. Now, Nick, Nick, of course, uh, speaks all languages perfectly, but I, I had to put up with subtitles here. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Um, though I won't um, embarrass you by attempting either a Spanish or a Korean. Um, <laughs> language during this film. Yes, I we are discussing, well, let's do it in chronological order, shall we? Which hmm. would be, uh, I think of this film as dot wreck because the poster has a dot and then a wreck and no one else does that. They just call it wreck. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they, it gets called stylized as whatever. Right. But yeah. Okay. The, the basic idea is this, this is the record thing on, on a video camera because we are. This is a found footage film. Yay. This is right in the heart of found footageville. This is when we had, I don't know where it fits in chronologically, but we, around about this time, we had the Blair Witch Project, of course, that launched it all. We had yeah, that, that Cloverfield. Yeah, that was the one that made it hugely popular. Um, mm. and there, there are certainly earlier found footage productions, but th- this was the one that caused lots of people to say, hey, this would be a really cheap way to make a let's, film. <laughs> let's um, do this. So, that, so that, we that, followed was in, by... that was in 99. Um, okay, so this was eight years after that. Then, uh, the, I mean, the ones I can remember off the top of my head were Cloverfield Chronicle, uh, which was the superhero um, found footage. Diary uh, of the Dead. Yeah, that's a bit, that's, um, Clover, the first Cloverfield is the ne- next year after this. Yeah, Diary of the Dead, um, Came out, well, de- depending on what you listen to, uh, it's, it, I can't help picturing these people as thinking we are making the first found footage zombie film and that then, um, Diary of the Dead comes out three months earlier. The bastards! It's one thing to be pipped the post making a zombie film. It's another to be pipped to the post making a zombie film by George Bloody Romero. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> no, um, I, that... I, th- I think in most places people would have seen this one first, but yeah. Uh, of course, found, I, found footage which, a couple of years later, and uh, uh, District Nine. Uh, we talked. District Nine's about. a weird one. We've already discussed it. I won't rediscuss it now. That starts as a found footage film, and then just sort of gives up on <laughs> gives up on that idea. Um, but uh, fair enough. I don't mind it. It's not jarring, but it is odd because hmm. the convention, really, the unwritten, the unspoken convention, is found footage. What do we mean by found footage? It's basically. This is, this film is presented to you as someone has basically found a knackered video camera or an old tape, um, and they play it back, and this is the story they are told. And that's, that's the whole thing. Nothing in the film will be outside of the, the, te- and that seems to be the convention for these films. Yeah. And it's the, to me, it's the filmic equivalent of, um, an epistolary story like Dracula, you know, they're, they're all uh, the it, ones. It's that an in-universe document, in effect. Exa- yes, yeah, it's all um, diegetic. Is that the right term yeah. for a document? Um, but um, yes, so that's the idea of these films, and there was a craze for them. I remember seeing the Blair Witch Project in the cinema, and uh, it's it's not the best film in the world. Blair Witch Project. Uh, my my I, wife still remembers uh, seeing it, seeing it at a student film sock thing, and. At some point, so somebody said, "Why don't they just follow the the stream downhill? Mm. Streams usually go, go go downhill." Somebody at the back of the cinema because they're Americans. Oh dear! Um, the main thing that happened to me was I genuinely got uh, motion sickness watching it. Mm. Um, yeah, it didn't happen to me in this film and hasn't happened. But I haven't watched found footage film in the cinema since for that reason. Yeah, the. It does tend to go along with shaky cam. Uh, to some extent, this is realistic, at least in 2007. Um, image stabilization has got a lot better. Right. But, okay. but shaking the camera about gives you a sense of something is happening, and it also saves you having to put too much effort into the creature effects. So, you know, 
everybody wins. Um, now I should point out these are foreign language films, um, and despite um, Roger's very kind um, uh, pointing out that I can speak all languages, I choose to pronounce languages <laughs> very badly, um, and so actors um, and names of characters. I will butcher throughout this episode and consequently will attempt to not mention them very much. Um, so if I'm quiet on the actors or the characters, that's because I'm terrified that I will make myself sound like an idiot. Yeah. Well, I think it's possibly worth mentioning that uh, no, nobody in this is somebody we've seen in Ribbon of Moons before. Uh, no, I don't, didn't really do much after it um, in, in Wreck. Um, other than uh, future films in the Rec uh, uh, series, we'll, so, we'll come I back mean, to that. I, I haven't seen any of the others, so I treated this basically as a standalone. So this has a good in-universe um, reason for why we have a found footage. I mean, we have so we have a camera crew, or basically a two-person crew, um, a reporter and her cameraman, uh, who do a series of uh, kind of Barcelona by night. They follow different people who work through the night. Uh, again, this is all explained in film and, and fairly briefly too. Um, and this evening they're following, uh, fire, firemen. Um, and it's a very boring, I, you know, I really warm to the, the boring opening of this film mm. and the frustration of our reporter, um, uh, An- Angela. That's almost certainly not how you say in Spanish. Um, <laughs> But the character names don't come up very often, except weirdly enough, the cameraman is mentioned quite a lot, um, Pablo. Uh, but most most other characters aren't really mentioned in universe very much. Um, but her frustration and boredom that this is going to be a really tedious night and desperate to get called out, um, and the excitement when they they do actually get called out on a on a on a, a firefighting call, it's it's builds it up well. I think well, I was it, I was yeah. well up for it. And- I, I admit it, I, I would have liked ideally to have seen a call out which turns out to be absolutely nothing, but we don't get that. Um, no, the, the, the very the first, first call, call they go to. The call. Yes, and the call is that there's um, uh, an old woman. Trapped in her apartment. Trapped in her apartment. And, and it's this big old apartment. Now, the, the film is set in Barcelona, um, but what we see of Barcelona is through sort of a shaky cam driven through the streets. In the uh, at night on a fire engine. So basically now, I, I must see... admit, when I knew that this was filmed and set in Barcelona, my immediate thought was, well, you know, the exemplar uh, that the, the district <laughs> with with the great great big square uh, apartment blocks with gardens in the middle and all that stuff. Yes, the, the corners cut back so you have better visibility and and, and all those lovely things. And the, it's not where, that. Well, where they filled it is actually in the exemplar, but they they filmed it on the Rambla de Catalunya, and um, we get you know one shot of the outside of the building, and after that we're entirely inside anyway. Um, uh, that it, it's big and complicated, but it, it there is nothing there is nothing distinctive. There is nothing to say this is Barcelona rather than New York, which no, it's, I, it's I will a... admit disappointed me somewhat. I, I didn't mind it because I didn't sort of get excited about the idea anyway. It, we're in a, t- I suppose it has a kind of a, uh, uh, not a very British feel in the sense that it is a, this kind of tall, packed apartment block, um, mm, of the type I, I that we don't seem to do very well. I of Attack the Block, which is similarly mostly inside. Well, I suppose it, different... it looks very different, I will agree with you, but, but uh, there was that similar feeling of we, however big it is in here, we can't get out. Uh, I, I suppose for me that the socio-economics are very different, you know, in the mm-hmm. sense that here when we do flats, as we would call them, they, they tend to be not uh, middle to upper class. Um, I, uh, I mean, that is that changing. You be able to own the entire building. Yes, yeah, whereas here it, it's quite normal, as it is in most other cities in the world, they tend to build up, um, uh, which we don't like, don't like to do in our cities. And when we do, we do it very brutalist and depressing <laughs> um, but anyway so it feels either well, we, we could have a long discussion American. about that but that's probably for another podcast <laughs> probably um well it turns out fairly quickly that and uh, there are a lot of advantages to the uh the in universe that the the um 
the found footage. It, it's very immediate. It's very, it really draws you into the story and it's very believable. And it's well done, you know, uh, not for us, other than knowing that it's not a found footage. There's no, I, uh, no obvious clues to me, nothing that survived frid- fridge logic, that this wasn't, you know, a found footage well, I did, I did find it a bit forced in places because once things have all gone to hell, uh, we, we get quite a lot of stuff where she's saying, you know, she's narrating to camera, um, this is what the situation is. We don't know what's going on. They're, they're telling us this, that and the other. And this would make sense if it was some kind of live broadcast, but this is all going on a tape, which presumably they're planning to edit and put narration over later. I could, I could excuse that in the sense that maybe she wanted some, you know, in, she wanted some of it, you know, in the footage that she had. So, hmm. uh, it didn't, it didn't take it out. But I, I take your point really in that sort of situation. Yes, you just get all the footage you could and then edit it all together, uh, and put your own voiceover on it afterwards. That's, that's a fair point, but that hadn't occurred to me until you said it. So it worked for me anyway. Um, <laughs> But, um, a uh, long story short, or short story short, um, the old lady is not, um, uh, as she's a she bit seems, bitey. she's a bit by, she's a zombie or infected or something along those. I, I think uh, nobody's a true undead zombie in any of, in either of the films we're discussing. Well, um, I, I think, I think we could taxonomize this as, uh, fast zombies and rapid resurrection. Yes, uh, 24, um, sorry, I was about to say 24 hour party people, which wouldn't be the right thing. 28 days later style zombies, um, uh, they have their own, um, well no, there's not, nothing particularly original about these zombies, um, but they're, they're, they're bitey rather than wanting brains specifically, and they, they don't seem to be actually consuming the bodies at all, they just want to bite people to death. It's kind of hyper rabies, which is, um, again, yeah. 28 days later style. Um, super infection, super fast zombies. Um, so pretty quickly it all goes to pot. They try and get out of the building. I mean, we have a few other characters here. Um, not many of them, but we, we start to get the idea that Pablo is, uh, Angela's, um, cameraman. One of the, there's a, a lovely, that's not lovely, but there's a, there's a great moment where the characters are just talking and then one of the firemen just plunges to his death around the central staircase and you just catch it out of the back of your eye. And then, uh, I, I thought that was very effective to me because it's genuinely shocking that mm. he's fallen all the, all, all the way down the, this long apartment set onto the marble, uh, staircase. Um, but we hadn't had, uh, the, of the characters we got to know, uh, they're basically the two, we knew about really um uh, uh the two firefighters um and angela and pablo and then we lose one of those so we just have uh the other um uh firefighter manu yeah manu yes um and we have uh some of the other residents of the the um apartment blocks um who in Don't last classic in classic zombie fashion, get off pretty quickly. Um, in you know, it, it's well that we have an authority figure. So they, they try and escape from the building. It has been completely locked down by the authorities. Who've realised there is a zombie epidemic here. To the extent um, that they drape a top all in over it. Yeah, he <laughs> said it's a, um, and it's all because of um, a vet. Uh, like most problems in the world, um, a vet was at the root of it. Um, or- I, I, th- I think this is where the, where they try to uh, put put in. All right, I, I, I'm going to blame my lack of appreciation of comedy here more than theirs. But they, we've got this idea of the, of the uh, mother saying, "No, no, it, my, my little girl's got tonsillitis. She couldn't possibly be uh, one of the vectors here." Yes. Crunch. <laughs> well, that to me. But also her dog is, is apparently. Her dog was the one who somehow got sick. We don't know where it originated in the first place and that. Well, we do, but only right at the end. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, uh, yes, um, well, sort of. It's, it's kind of explained in a way. Um, the bit where, so we have this mother who's been carrying this sick girl around who has a fever the whole, uh, the first half of the film basically. Mm-hmm. And then they work out, Oh, it originated in her apartment. Um, she's probably got zombie disease. And much like, um, 
Timothy Dalton in The Rocketeer, as soon as he's revealed to be a Nazi spy, he then has to talk <laughs> with the German actor. <laughs> because uh, just as soon as she's revealed to be a zombie, as soon as they've worked it out, she instantly transforms into a zombie as if their knowledge has made it happen. Uh, that was the one bit that felt well, the a bit Power like, of belief, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the bit that made it a bit... Um, but I love the se- section when... Um, uh, the, the, the authority figure, the, the kind of policeman who's been sent in from the outside, um, along with, uh, uh, some of the doctors, uh, one of the doctors, they've gone into this underground room and they're trying to, um, uh, they're basically going to euthanize the two infected, but very sick people, the policeman and the, the firefighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is told by, I love, I, I, it really worked for me that they, they break into an adjacent room and Pablo sort of stands up on the, yeah, on the, on the window and has to sort of show his camera in and he's looking through, suddenly realizes what's happening, doesn't have time to explain it to, um, Angela, um, or Angela, um, I and, Angela, but yeah, Angela, um, but yeah, I, I will be butchering names, um, uh, as much as the zombies are butchering the characters, um, <laughs> I, I really, that really worked for me, um, I, I mm. really felt like a clever use of the the found footage. The disadvantages, though, so I, I start to talk about this and then distract myself. The advantages are all that kind of thing that it can be a clever way of telling a tour, telling a Tory. Um, I don't know what telling a Tory would be, but um, I wouldn't recommend. Probably it. not legal, or if it is now, it won't be soon. Uh, it may be in the papers next week. You, you heard it here first, but it's the disadvantage. We have talked on Ribbon of Memes before about our dislike of. Um, Rolling around in the dark and people grunting and not really knowing what's happening, um, in fight scenes and, and action scenes and only working it out in context. Mm. There were some films we gave a bit of a pass, like Platoon. The whole point of Platoon is that no one knew what was happening. It's very confusing and, you know, war is, war is just, ugh, what is happening? Um, but here, uh, I, I, again, it's realistic, you know, when you're being attacked by a zombie, you're not going to film it perfectly. But it is, there's so much swinging about and smashing about and characters that you vaguely know getting bitten, you're not quite sure. There's a lot, a lot of the time where you just have to wait for, you're just, you're watching the screen, but you're just thinking, all right, all right, I'm just going to have to wait until it becomes clear as what's just happened here because I've got no possibility of deciphering this particular moment. Mm. And I, it happens a lot, understandably, and in universe makes sense, but it, it got to the point of quite irritating to me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just reminded of the revived Battlestar Galactica, which was all handheld, or at least handheld looking camera work. Uh, yes. Though, though with the possibility of editing afterwards. Um and it got annoying, but I got used to it with this. Okay, it's only, it's only a 78 minute film, I didn't really have time to get used to the style. Perhaps, but, uh, yeah, every, every time there's there's um, some some violence going on, the camera gets shaken about, and we can't see what's happening. Mm. And uh, yeah, you just have to wait for it. I don't know if there's a solution to that, other than I don't know, choose a different way to make your film. <laughs> mm. But uh, I, it got tiresome, uh, much as it has done basically in every found footage film <laughs> I've seen. So it's not specific to this film, and they do do a good job of of trying to make it clear or the character at least when you don't know what's happened it's clear the characters don't quite know either which i quite liked yeah and to be fair they don't do any of the tricks of you know here, here is where we ha- we accidentally rewound the tape so there's a whole chunk missing because we recorded over it that kind of thing uh yes true there, there is a little bit of that where um they have to rewind a tape to watch what the little girl did um, but it's not, it's not really a significant problem. Anyway, it turns out this particular, they trying to get to the basement, but they get chased further and further up the apartment block till they get to the penthouse, which has been, uh, rented out by a mysterious guy from, was it, was he Rome? I can't remember where. But he's, he's never there anyway. He's never there. But it turns out he is actually an agent of the Vatican. The Pope um, done it. And it turns out this is a, uh, religious, it's not an infectious thing. It's, well, we never quite find out what it is, but she's a possessed, they have a possessed, uh, girl. 
in the in the. Now, I mean, to be honest, it's not entirely clear that she's in charge of the zombie. This might be a completely different. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I think the I think the suggested chain that we get is. It's it's reported as a possession. Um, the 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 Vatican agents carry her off because, of course, they do, yes. um, and retain and uh, confine her in, in this um, P five lab, which is on the top of a perfectly normal apartment building. Because, of course, it is. Yes. <laughs> and in the process of looking looking into that, uh, they they say, okay, here is this enzyme. Hint: Nobody writing this script knew what an enzyme was. <laughs> Uh, here is this I, enzyme which, which, which is mutating and becoming contagious, and I, I think we can reasonably say there from, are such from, things from as there get, protein, so, but, <laughs> and, mm. from, and from there it gets perhaps to the dog, and from there it gets. Well, to the this is girl. my point. There isn't actually a clear link to the dog, so it's possible this has nothing to do with the zombie epidemic, <laughs> and this is just an entirely different. Term. But it turns out then we get some. Um, uh, the, the light gets busted on the camera, so then we get some scary, which was very effective in Silence of the Lambs, I must say. This kind of night vision. Reasonably you can see effective what's happening. 28 weeks later, but not, oh, so, yes, not I've so much here. Uh, I think I'm just used to seeing it now, but there is something terrifying about, um, you can see what's happening, but the characters can't, and so they're scared, and they're looking around, and it's, um, it does work well. Pablo, I think, gets, Murderized, um, at some point. Yeah. And so we're left just uh, with Well, a... th- this, this is where we get the Megazom, which we, mm. which we hardly ever see, uh, that, which is supposed to be the original little girl who is now, um, very tall for some reason. Tall and thin. The tall and thin, scary. See the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, um, <laughs> and says, oh, he is somnambulist from last episode. But anyway, uh, she, she, she grabs and starts eating Pablo. And then Angela panics and drops the camera, and the last thing we see is her getting dragged away. Dragged into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, presumably to be eaten, although she is in the sequel. So whether yeah. she... I, I don't know. I, I, on I on, it on its own terms, as, as a standalone, the, the strong implication is that she is dead, i.e. everybody we've met is dead. Yes, and this is the end of the story. It just did well enough that they made another one. Um, well, uh, three more, in fact. Uh, yes, I'll say another one. Um, I, I liked it. I mean, I feel like we've perhaps been a bit down on it, and that's not entirely fair. I very much enjoyed watching this film. I, uh, I, I, yeah, there's something, there's a reason they make a ton of zombie films, and, um, you know, we were talking about fat, um, Caligari last, um, last episode, and how it was difficult just to do a, you know, a one-liner and predict where it went, but here, you could have just said, found footage zombies and you probably wouldn't have been far away from yeah. writing some of this plot. All, all the stuff that distinguishes it from that uh the, the possession and so on is all in the last few minutes yeah it, and, and it that just feels really like affect the plot as a whole no it's just flavor isn't it these zombies are this flavor now i just I, um yeah i i don't i don't want to be down i enjoyed it i will i think track down and watch the sequels i may regret it but but i will i enjoyed it a lot and i think it was a the found footage element is fresh enough i mean that's what when you do these one line things you're saying this is the fresh bit and this is the bit you know well found footage zombies combines the two um it is uh i have to my chagrin seen um diary of the dead which is shit so <laughs> um which is disappointing because they'll, they'll be putting you on the re-release posters <laughs> George Romero, uh, I, I don't know. I think we, we, quite we've understandably, loved a couple of films we've watched for for, for this. From we did, him, and so. it is, it's tragic that he didn't really make any money off Night of the Living Dead when he absolutely deserved to. When he was trying to basically earn money back for the the whole genre that he created, which is quite right too. I'm, I'm not, I don't begrudge him for that. But on its own terms, not a very good film. Um, and this is much better, and I think does it much better, and is compelling and interesting and the opening won it over for me that i i didn't know many of the characters but i knew angela or angela um and um, i i cared about her getting out the thing for me was i'm not particularly a horror fan in general so what, what i was looking for was how does it distinguish itself from found footage zombies and because, yeah, yeah a, a, in terms of plot and events, it mostly doesn't. Um, but also B, and this will be a contrast with the next film we talk about, 
it never really has those amazing visual moments that having recently watched Caligari um say okay well maybe everything else is is so so but wow what a what an image what a sequence and yeah, for, for me there was never really a moment like that by its very nature it just can't do that um uh, well i'm sure it it might do uh, there was ways of doing it but it doesn't do it here it's it's a fairly claustrophobic constrained film and and stays that way um well, let's, uh, we'll probably come back to it, but let's talk about our next film, which I keep thinking is, uh, Road to Busan for some reason, but it's not. Given that the whole film is set on a train and is full of trains, you'd think I'd remember that the name of the film is Train to Busan, um, which is our, have we done a South Korean film before? I don't think I don't believe so. Uh, again, I don't think we have any cast or crew overlap with any other Ribbon of Memes films. No, uh, so this is, uh, consider, well, this is, uh, 10, 8, 10, this is 2016, so it's yeah. eight years later than dot rec, as I'm going to insist on calling it. <laughs> um, so train to present is- You make, you make is, it sound like a dubious top level domain. <laughs> um, this is, uh, well, it's a zombie film, is what it is. Mm. And, um, if we- so, sub, Subtype fast, uh, zombies and extremely rapid infection. Yes, Sometimes. yeah, and they, They've got um, a visual show. So this is not found footage. This is a traditionally filmed um, uh, movie. And they've got the, the kind of um, their visual stick that when they're transforming is they kind of uh, do kind of arched backs and there's a horrible cracking noise. And that's the thing that makes you know that they're definitely zombies. They do a kind of crab walk thing. Um, so that's their stick. But otherwise, we, the film doesn't, Neither does uh, Wreck particularly, but the film doesn't waste too much time in uh, pretending you don't know what a zombie is. I mean, basically, it just works. It says, right, okay, these are the kind of zombies. You know that pretty quickly. And fairly shortly, we're into it. Um, but the, the the plot here is that we have... Um, well, we, we have more than one character established. <laughs> yeah, we do. I, I um, do like. Uh, well, the, the opening scene is that we have... Um, uh, daddy issues, I guess, going on in that we have, um, Soak Wu. Um, I, again, I apologize yeah. for any of this. So, um, he, um, he, he's some sort of fund manager or allied trays. Uh, he's obsessed with work. His wife's left him. Um, he, there's a his small daughter, daughter is, who, who is living with him. Um, but, but she, she wants, to, she wants to go and see her mother for her birthday. And there's a whole thing where she she choked up on stage in a school performance, and which gets a uh, yeah, which becomes relevant at the end of the film. Yeah, she she has learned a song, um, and was going to sing it just for him, but instead he sent his assistant, uh, is is sorry, is is um housemaid. I, I again, I'm afraid South Korea. I'm not sure quite uh, the I, position. I, I think that's his mother. Oh, that's his mother. Okay, who's looking um, to help with, with the. Uh... But she goes along basically to video it so you can watch it later. Um, and he's the kind of careless dad. He, uh, basically asks his assistant at work, oh, what do kids like these days? Gets that, um, and turns out she already got the, the Wii that he bought for her. And it basically we, we have a number of scenes. The, the previous, up. the previous time he gave her a present. Yes, exactly. He did exactly the same thing. So he's just, he's not very present as a parent. Um, and that's set up a number of times. So that's that they board a train to Busan, which is about an hour away because in Korea they have trains that actually go fast and work. Okay, um, so uh, you you knew this was coming. Rogers was. Railways Corner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was trained to Busan after all. Yeah. So uh, this this is the KTX service, um, which is basically uh, it's a TGV derivative rolling stock, uh, Pantograph electric power. Um, Run, runs about 190 miles an hour at top speed. Uh, the infrastructure can take a bit more, but that's the current setup. Key thing okay. is that this is um, Seoul, the capital, is in basically the northwest corner of the country, and Busan, which is a port, is basically in the southeast corner. Uh, so okay. it's uh, 400 kilometres, something like that. Okay, all right. So it should take a couple of hours. And and there, obviously, this is the high speed service. There are a few stops on route where you can change to local feeder trains. 
Um, oh, feeder trains. They could have got that pun in at some point, couldn't they? Yeah. But anyway, uh, this, this opened in 2004 and they've been gradually expanding the network ever since. Oh, that's, uh, that was actually very interesting because I, uh, having no idea, I just took it, uh, as read that they're on a train, um, from Seoul going to another big city. Um, and they do, but as they're, they, they board, um, again, uh, our, our businessman, um, Sokwu is not, not really present. He's on the phone. He's feeling that he's still trying to work. His daughter goes. Well, off to he the he has been guilted into this trip. I mean, he 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 was planning to send the daughter on her own. Yeah. So, and, we, but and, he's and she's, still she's looked all sad at him. He's still not. Still, I mean, they're not. Um, uh, these are generic, generic. You know, they're not complex characters. But I, as we've said many times on Robin and Me, you don't actually need incredibly deep, complex characters. You just need to care about them a bit i think um hmm. and so, so i mean i think who, who are the ne- next characters in in terms of um importance so the the pregnant woman and her husband yes who is a, yes. Bit, a bit of a rough and ready lad i i feel i feel that if we translated him into english he would he would be some kind of wide boy or yeah. flashy salesman type uh, yes, but also he plays rugby or something like that some uh contact sports um uh we got a baseball team Yes, we have, uh, and a uh, a cheerleader, mm-hmm. uh, who's sweet on one of the baseball players. Uh, we, we've got an e- evil uh, business executive. <laughs> it's really um, he's, he's, it's very. He, let's face it, his character trait is basically evil. I am a selfish bastard. Is his character trait? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and so on. Um, the the. And we have a, a homeless, uh, well, we find that out later, actually. Um, yeah, but it, but it is, okay, so spoilers, obviously, but, um, I, I do rather like the fake out on that, that, you know, the, the train attendants are, are, yeah, the, 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 the good normal passengers are saying, you know, that, that guy is, it, he should not be on our train. He's a, he obviously a homeless guy. Do yes. something. Whereas the actual patient zero, <laughs> um, stumbles on board at the last moment and, and immediately locks us off in the loo to transform. So, well, they they both lock themselves up in the loo. It's a nice fake out in the sense that when the toilet opens, um, uh, near are uh, they're not quite heroes at this point, um, which is a spoiler in itself because they do become that way. The, but, the um, narrative is following them, so protagonists presumably protagonists. Um, uh, it's actually the homeless guy who kind of stumbles out and says they're all dead. Uh, meanwhile, further up the train, I think it's further, it is further up the train because they end up divided from the driver. Um, the actual patient zero, um, staggers out, uh, and sets upon a train attendant. Um, yeah. And this is where we have that classic, um, my limbs aren't really working the way they're supposed to, but I will gradually learn to be bipedal. Over the process of about ten seconds, yeah, they kind of stumbly walk into a stagger into a right. I'm going to run and eat something now. Um, yeah, but the, 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 similarly, uh, the, the train attendant is saying, obviously, I, I, you're, you're in trouble. You're probably drunk. I will help you, yes. and, and, and gets eaten for her trouble. So, I mean, our tagline for um, uh, wreck was. Dot wreck. I'm going to insist on doing that. Uh, was uh, found footage zombies, and this is zombies on a train. Um, and and, and it's pretty quick that the whole cabin gets infected, and then they all start looking for more people. And again, then they're they're not so consumey. They're more into the bitey bitey. Um, well, the, the interesting thing, um, particularly if, if they get if they kill somebody by violence, uh, or. or there may be exceptions to this, but there seem to be the general idea they they may that that victim may well be rising up within a few seconds yes exactly so um so, sometimes they, they take a bit longer, but usually that seems to be the way but again it, it's 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 similar so, to it's, um, th- it's that, the rage yeah but that suggests to me things. things about tactics because you know you you've got to isolate because the moment your own guys start going down, you are just adding to the ranks of the enemy you're you're losing them yes. Sadly, it's... these are not, you know, competent military people or anything like that. They're just a bunch <laughs> of guys who are on a train. So, um, so we have, um, uh, Sukwu's daughter. Um, uh, well, Sukwu has gone up to find his daughter, um, cause he's realised she's not there. Um, and this, uh, goes off, 
in front of him, so they have to run back um, into the non-infected cabin. Um, he runs into the cabin, um, followed by a uh, pregnant lady and um, uh, wide boy, and <laughs> they uh, and he shuts the door on him. Um, I, 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 you know, understandably, but not uh, that happens well, to them later know, in the film, and it's I- not. <laughs> A recently turned zombie who who is um, going rah rah rah. It l- looks quite like a highly stressed person who who is saying, "Let me rah, let me in." So. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it is. It's fair enough. Um, but uh, at, at this point, um, uh, so Wu is still, uh, you know, in dad mode and um, uh, uh, well, kind of distant dad mode. Um, the, the way I saw it here is he he, he has realised that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be a good dad at least on this trip. I have to do this thing for for my daughter's sake. There, there is a, a lovely bit which, which is basically dad morality versus kid morality. You know, he he's saying, "Okay, you didn't have to give up your seat to that old lady. You need to rest too." And she's saying, "Yeah, but that's what you know. That what's that's good manners. That's what you do." It, there's lots of little moments. Um, they just endear you to the characters. Honestly, they're just little hmm. character points that. Um, uh, you, you start to quite like his daughter, you start to quite like, um, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Most of these people are reasonably sympathetic. I mean, we know it's a zombie yeah. film and most of them are gonna die, but it's still a, it's still a slight sadness when they do. There's the emotional involvement which I, you know, I didn't get in Wreck. I, I think that's, it, it's, um, the characters are not deep or particularly, uh, original, but they are, they're well acted and they're given enough, just not, they're not huge moments, but they're given enough little moments for you to sympathise with them. And that's really mm. all you need because they're in extreme peril. And so you care about them. And it's, it's a film that is quite good at, um, painting the peril that the characters are in. They know the peril, you know it too. They are on a train. So quite quickly, they're on a train. There are zombies in the middle. The driver's still okay. Um, and as they come in to pull, a, pull in and stop at the next city, it's quite clear that's infected too, and they just carry on. Um, and so uh, it, it's really good at painting the kind of moment. That this is a film, as most zombie films are, as most disaster films are, survive this thing, and then we'll worry about what's next after that. Mm. Um, yeah, one, th- one thing I found very interesting was the e- evil fund manager. Um, one of the f- <laughs> first ways he shows this um, is the way he's immediately ready to go into lifeboat thinking, you know, okay, who, what, what dead weight can we chop off in order that the important <laughs> people, brackets me, can be saved? Yes. And, he, and, that, and that, that, that whole, you know... Um, like like the short famous short story the cold equations and so on you know, let, let let's not worry about morality or anything else let's just make sure i get mine yeah and, and, that's, and, and, and claim that it's necessary <laughs> he gets enough he gets enough points that he becomes a real boo hiss villain um so he ends up uh, well so they they have to uh, they get separated they have to fight their way through Infected trains. They realise, yeah, you know, some, they some find... of this is because they get, they get, they get to a city where there is some hope of rescue, but it turns out that the zombies are already infesting the station and they ain't going to get out. So they get, back, this... so they have to rush to get back onto the train and um, don't all get back on the same place. And it, it's really, yeah, it's well that you know we um, at this point, um, it's like we were still kind of selfish. That he wants to save himself. He's not not interested on the other survivors um but this is when he starts to work to he realizes that he's got to work together with the other survivors um to survive and save his daughter so that's how it sort of starts but then it progresses to actually i care about these people too and i want them to survive um and so we show this it's not it's not especially subtle um but it is it's a nice kind of moral progression of Hmm. um you know, we've talked before about, you know, you don't have to have a character journey. Not every, I know everyone says you have to have a character progression from one to... But when it's done well, I do accept it's really quite satisfying. And it's done well here that mm. we have this progression from selfish dad to selfless hero, I guess. Um, and, I mean, and so, some, yeah, some of the rest is, it's, okay, we're going to have bastards going to bastard until it catches <laughs> up with them. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, but mo- um, most of these people, and 
yeah, we, we, we've, we've got a pair of elderly sisters and when one of them goes down, the other one is just broken by it. Hmm. It's, it's, it's very... a people film which has zombies in it, and by contrast, I felt Wreck was a zombie film which had people in it. Well, I think that's what Romero's particularly good at, you know, that, that, mm. that it was about the characters first. Now, in Romero's films, it's actually about how awful the characters are and why, particularly Night of the Living Dead, there's not really many heroes in it, but it's, yeah. you know, that they create their own problems and it's more the people. That's why things like The Walking Dead and like sort of long-term following of, of zombie epidemic eventually become fairly uninteresting because it really becomes clear the, the zombies are just a backdrop to this character story. Mm. Um, and so you have to care about the characters more and sometimes that's done well and sometimes it isn't. It's done very well here. I, I agree. Um, we end up with Bastard Guy um, trapped in a toilet um, and at, at that point he drops all pretense of... Um, uh, we've got to do this for the greater good. I, I, I mean, if it happens that I survive, um, which is kind of the morality he's hiding behind. And then he just gives up on any of that and feeds one of the, the other survivor to the zombies so that he can escape. Um, mm-hmm. We have a classic zombie. They work out the... I'm jumping back and forth a bit because, again, the plot points are, are sort of less interesting, the character story. But we have a... They, they work out the zombies have a weakness, which is a fairly classic zombie film. In this case, it is... Darkness, I think, going through a tunnel, they can't see. They're very good at hearing, but they can't see very well. Um, so well, they, well, they tend to get a bit less active, at least. Yeah, it's some kind of pacifying effect on them. Um, but then, and, and the, one one person does the thing that, frankly, I would be doing in this situation, which is I could look look up the map on my phone and see, oh, there's a tunnel coming up. <laughs> <laughs> they also do the thing that I don't understand why nobody does normally in zombie films, which is like, all right, one bite. We'll kill you. That's it. Maybe don't wear a t-shirt and shorts in this situation. Um, so they tape their arms up with masking tape. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, maybe just put a coat on. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think this is uh, sports tape to, uh, to help yeah. avoid injuries in practice. Yes, but, but it, yeah. it makes it it it's an actual sensible thing to do to mm. avoid getting bitten, which no one in direct does. Um, but there we go. Yeah, uh, there, there, there is a bit of um, what what Djibouti, uh, a reviewer of bad film, called the hero's death battle exemption, because Sekwu survives a zombie leaping on him without being aware of it until it's hit him, which is something <laughs> that none of the other other victims to this point have managed. Well, he's used a hero point, hasn't he? I mean, we're we're <laughs> yeah. role players. We know what's happened there. Yeah, I mean, there, there is no diegetic reason why, why he should make it, but and obviously for the purposes of the film he has to at that point. Well, but also because at this point you really are starting to care about all the characters. You're, you're, you're not like, oh, you're like, you, you are relieved <laughs> that they survive. Um, yeah. yeah. And it is at this point, but from about sort of, Three quarters of the way through the film, halfway through the film, the characters that we've been shown are really getting knocked off fairly quickly. We lose, um, Wide Boy in a very emotional scene. I, I mean, you, you care about these characters mm. as, as they go. Um, and it's, you want them to survive. Um, you want Sake Wu to survive. Um, but that doesn't happen. Um, so, uh, the train stops. Uh, because of a, a crash on the track, the driver, the heroic driver goes to try and um, get another train, gets another train, but um, foolishly goes to attempt to save um, bastards. Uh, yeah, so, so what he's actually got here is a light engine, um, presumably with the intention of uh, hooking it up to some rolling stock to get more of the passengers on board. I, d- I don't know if he knows how many survivors are there, whether he's just planning to go just with that or what. Yeah. He doesn't get much chance anyway because what, what he... this uh, What this engine notably does not have is a dead man's handle. Helpfully, he... they would be a bit knackered if it, if it well, did. Well, I, yeah. I understand on modern trains, it, rather than a thing you have to touch all the time, it's, it's, a, it's a button you have to push every 10 minutes or something like that. This was okay. done in part uh, because they, they found that the railway men were hanging their lunchboxes on the, on the handle. When it just had to be held down all the time. Oh, God. Okay. Um, all right. That but makes anyway, sense. Anyway, it, it is actually plausible that it wouldn't just immediately stop the moment he steps out of the cab. But everyone who gets killed from homeless guy, uh, to why, but they all get their moment of, um, 
heroism, really. Um, there's, there's a really sad moment between the cheerleader and her character, and, and that's where we really get to see uh, and her bow because we get to see how quickly the infection, like he barely gets time to sort of sob once or twice over her demise before she's up and eating him. Um, and he, you get the impression he knows that and he's just accepted mm. that that's the way it's going to go. Though it, it, for several people, it does seem if, if you just get bitten a bit once, then you have a few more minutes to do your final heroic gesture before it inevitably takes you. Now, I think in Wreck, they explain that as like, oh, it depends on your blood type as to how quickly it happens. It, it um, seems to be more, more like a dose of the agent, whatever, whatever. And if, if you assume it's, you know, a bit of it is transferred with each bite. Then, but Zekmu then, gets plenty of time to have his, um, his send off, um, yeah. unlike. Well, he also uh, has a bunch of hero points left. He's got his, <laughs> not enough. Um, and so it's, it's a really, um, he, you know, he finally comes in, he's a wonderful dad. Um, and then he gets bitten by a zombie bastard. Um, and he, it, it actually, it has a really moving, you know, he manages to keep in mind the things that matter to him, which is actually the thing that has come to matter to him, which is his daughter. And it, um, I almost thought it was going to do sort of a cheesy thing where, oh, that love is enough to stop him becoming a zombie. Uh, I think that would have broken the film for me, but it doesn't yeah. do that. It's very <laughs> good. Um, it just, it, it shows you that actually he, he dies sort of at peace with himself, which is, which is nice. Um, and then it, it comes full circle because they approach Busan, which the reason it's not infected is because it's got um, tough military dudes who know what they're doing. Um, and they are not about to let two people who might be infected walk into Busan. Um, but sadly, the strong point they have chosen uh, involves walking through a tunnel so they can't actually get a look, good look at them. So they're going to shoot them just to be on the safe side. Except that Sekwu's daughter um, is singing, and she's singing the song. Actually, I nearly cried a bit then, just thinking about it. She's singing the song for her dad that she would have done. And uh, maybe it's corny, maybe it's cheap, but it, it flipping works. After all I, we've I, been I, through, yeah, it works. Yeah, it does work. It's, it's just, she's singing the song that she would have sung for her dad if he'd gone there. Um, Oh, and that moment when she's like, don't, don't leave me, don't go away. And oh, so, um, it just, it, maybe it leans a bit on the melodrama, maybe, but yes. I don't care because it, uh, you care about the character. I mean, I've forgotten who said it now, but really for drama to work, you, you make characters the viewers or the readers care about and you put them in shitty situations. And that's basically what this film does and it does it very mm. well. Yeah, that that um, ending did actually remind me somewhat of uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original one. I I really thought it was going to do that as well. I mean, this film has has been right. Sometimes, I mean, zombie films are, are, are a bit unpredictable as whether you'll have a happy ending or not, which I quite like. Um, hmm. Night of the Living Dead certainly doesn't. Um, I I kind of knew it when it was. I, the the film is slightly guilty of that thing where. Uh, a train is moving away from the characters and they've got to run towards it. And the number of cuts and different angles we get of it, it gets to a point where you're like, all right, come on. <laughs> yeah. They've either made it or they haven't. You, you can just barely keep up with the door that your mate has just got into. And then you, you, you uh, go back to do something else completely different. Then you manage to catch up with the door. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Or I am squeezing this trigger. I'm squeezing this trigger. I'm squeezing this trigger. I'm still squeezing the trigger. The trigger is still squeezing. Um, I am nearly squeezing the trigger. You've nearly been shot. All right. Just, I get what you're doing now. Can we just find out? Um, but let, let us also note that this film has a heavily pregnant woman and her giving birth is not a plot point. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. I thought there was a moment where she's going to say my water's broken or something, but mm. no, she's just struggling because she's heavily pregnant. Um, um, the the thing that really struck me, um, again by contrast with Rack, is the number of gorgeous visual moments. Mm. Um, I, 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 I was making notes of this as I was going along. That right at the beginning, uh, Dad is driving daughter to the station, and. That, you know, that they're just going along and suddenly whoop, a convoy of fire engines comes across them at the, at the, cro at the crossroads. And then we pull back and yeah, there's obviously a big fire in the distance. That, that's just visually beautiful. Yes. Um, I remember that when they stop at the first station they stop at, the, the whole linearity of 
we've got onto this escalator and it is now carrying us down in, into the mass of zombies at the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in general, there the whole linearity of we've got to commit to the, going down this staircase to the platform, but there is no way to turn off between here and there. The, the best we can do, if, if if that turns out to be bad, is go back. That 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 was very effective. Like the best disaster films, it's very good at uh, at showing you that. Unlike best action, it shows you the stakes and suddenly shows you the danger of the situation mm. that they're in, and and these things flip on a dime. It's very well done. But it also uses its environment, so particularly the the Final battles on the light engine. Um, it's we, you know, we've just got this narrow walkway from the cab back to the, uh, you know, past past the actual power plant, and we've got to try to work around that. And we've got a three, possibly four person fight going on with people trying to get round each other. Um, well, if that we, there's there's, there's the there's this gorgeous train crash. <laughs> Um, um, I agree. With, with, it, which yeah. ends up with a couple of our characters who were walking on the track on the gravel, gravel between two lines, and all of a sudden they are in a, a, a tent built of fallen over trains, built of which won't be a tent for much longer. And it yeah. it draws that situation in a few seconds, and that I think that's where it wins a lot of points over Dot Wreck for me. Is that uh, there's no moment where you're just like, all right, I'll just. I'll just wait until this confusing thing has stopped happening so I can work out what's gone on then. There's no moment like that. It's all, uh, this is, they're in peril this way and they're in peril this way and these, this is the situation. Even though I think probably to most people an apartment building is probably more familiar than <laughs> the details of a train at a station. So, I mean, okay, it's not an alien environment, but walking around in a rail yard isn't something probably not many people have done. Yes. So, and in spite of that, it works. The, the, the last one I did want to mention, um, we've, we've got, during part of the engine fight, we've got a, a zombie chasing it and is, is oh, hanging on yes. to the back of it. And then another zombie chases, chasing and clings onto him. And you, you get this triangle of zombies being dragged along. It's, it's that, gorgeous. That, is, that was visually stunning. I agree that you just suddenly realize. And it all made, it's not like, oh, that's ridiculous. Just understanding how the zombies work and what they would do, they just form this kind of gestalt blob of zombies attached to the back of the train. Uh, yeah, it's really... And, and there isn't any need for, you know, oh no, we're slowing down, it, it, there, there are too many of them. Because it's a, it's a shunting engine, at, le- at the very <laughs> least. Maybe, maybe it's a, a full-haul traction engine. I don't know the Korean rolling stock that well. It's not going to slow down because you've got a few hundred zombies clinging on the back of it. <laughs> but it looks incredible. Yeah. There's something about oh, yeah. the way it moves. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's that's brilliant. And it, visually, it's much... As an action movie, it's much better. And uh, emotionally... Emotionally, it works better as well. I watched Wreck first. I think you watched them the other way around. Mm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed Dot Wreck, I have to say. I was, I was very enjoying it. But then I watched Busan and it made Dot Wreck seem less good in retrospect, uh, because I, I was really moved. And I, for me, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're old and cynical film watchers, but I think for, for both of us, this one worked in tugging the emotion strings. I did. I, I mean, it may have been a bit obvious in the way it did it, but I, d- I don't mind that. I, um, I don't mind it too much. Anyway, it, it worked <laughs> for me. <laughs> for whatever reason, and I can imagine if a film just gets that slightly wrong, it goes really wrong for me, but it, this didn't get it wrong. It got it. it it's, it, uh, really what it is is a disaster movie, uh, which a lot of zombie films are. Um, and they, those disaster movies from the Poseidon adventure, to the towering inferno they're really about the characters um and, and hoping that they'll make it out of this dreadful situation whereas mm. wreck doesn't quite mm, doesn't quite do that i mean we get some hint actually at what started the epidemic and it might be um <laughs> we had uh quite had quite a lot to do with that but um yeah the, the, there's a bit at the beginning with a truck being sprayed down as it goes through a quarantine zone of some sort and it, it suggested he's hauling livestock, and he hits a deer, which turns out to be a zombie deer. But you know, oh yeah, he, this is a these are you can get zombie animals. Well, you can get difficult. I mean, if you get down to the level of zombie mosquitoes, then one thing I did want to ask you: Have you seen uh, World War Z twenty thirteen film? I have both read the Max Brooks book which is much much better and read uh jms james jm straczynski's 
uh, proposed screenplay, which didn't get made, and I've seen the Brad Pitt version as well. So I'm I, I was asking because one thing that did strike me as potentially derivative from that, I, have, I haven't seen the film. Um, there are a couple of places where we basically just have a mass of zombies hurling themselves over some kind of barricade or through a window or whatever. And I that, would... that was certainly in the trailers for World War Z. What I'd recommend about World War Z, as we were talking about it, the, the book is really good because it, um, it goes into, you know, it's a bit like, uh, in a, in a war, you're always fighting the last war. So you make the mistakes of the last war. Mm-hmm. And it goes into, at Yonkers, there's, um, near New York, all the zombies mass and the military decide this is going, where we're going to make our last stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this is we're going to make our stand. We're, we're the military. We're just going to wipe them out. But it then goes into why all these, you know, concussion weapons, particularly, and why you know, explosions of fragmentation are not going to do a lot to an enemy that that they, they just they don't understand the nature of the physiology of the creatures that they're fighting. Mm-hmm. So all the techniques they have that would shock and awe and basically destroy the morale of another army just do not work. And so I'd strongly recommend the book for a really nice breakdown of that because it fits Yeah, with, I, I, sort of, I have read the book. It was a few years back. But uh, it, it, I, I would so second that, that. Modulo, slightly dodgy author. Uh, well, I don't want to go into <laughs> Max Brooks in general, um, but um, uh, but it's, it's a really nicely done book. The, the film, unfortunately, became a bit sort of uh, generic. But yes, it, it has its moments, its visual moments. Uh but I cared less about the characters there. I, I mm. prefer this for sure. Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I think my comparison between the two is that really that I, I, I like Dot Wreck a lot. Um, and I cared about the characters, but I didn't realize how little I cared about them <laughs> until I watched Train <laughs> to Busan, um, where I really did want them to get through this awful situation. And, and Train to Busan is just a better action film. And I think it really shows the limits of found footage. Uh, as a medium for trying to tell a complex action story, there may be stories that it is better at telling, but not not that I think. Yeah, uh, certainly on on the basis of this, I am going to look for Peninsula. Uh, yeah, apparently is... it's not nearly as good. Unfortunately, fair enough. This is the, the it, sort it, of the is, sequel. Isn't well, it? it's it's not a sequel, but it's set in the same world a few years yes. later. And there's an animated prequel, I believe, as well. Yeah, um, which, which again I haven't seen, but. Uh... Uh, so of that, um, wait, now last week we asked about, or last episode we asked about Dr. Caligari and was it a masterpiece? And that was a pretty, pretty easy answer. How do you feel about these two films? Um, Busan, I would say is just in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be harsh because it's a, it's a genre I'm not generally a fan of. Right. Zombie film in general. But I think Busan does enough that's different and it does it early enough to make it, make a difference to how things work. Right. But I, I found myself really enjoying it, and yes, as as we said, the, the emotional manipulation may be crude, but it works. It works even on us. So <laughs> it works on us. For me, I I come at it from a slightly different. I'm afraid neither of them make it in for me as masterpieces, and mm-hmm. that's they're just not original enough in the sense that you could say zombies on a train. And you probably could have sketched out. I would it may have been a much inferior film if I had anything to do with it. But um, you could have sketched out the broad plot points and That's the characters. Fair. Also, you probably have seen more zombie films than I have. I have seen so, 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 films. You know, some, something which to me is, yeah, that's really interesting to you may well be, yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, to some extent, yes. But I, I think what it does, it does masterfully well. And if I'm absolutely frank... Uh, and it may be heresy, and I don't think it applies to you, but I, I personally enjoyed watching Road to Bazan more than I enjoyed Dr. Caligari, which I am putting as a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> Road to Busan, uh, it's not quite comfort food or a guilty pleasure. It's, it's very, very good at what it does, but mm. what it does is very well trodden ground. And I think for that reason, I can't, I can't quite let it in. Fair enough. But it, I, I, that said, I'd highly recommend it. It's really, really good. Dot Wreck, I, I think it's of its time. It, it's definitely not without value. I enjoyed it. I'm yes, glad I, I've seen it. Yes. But I'm not going to say, oh, wow, you must see this the way I'm, I'm, I could well be persuaded to do with Busan. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd strongly recommend Busan. Um, I'd, uh, I'd recommend Dot Wreck, but with reservations. Well, there we are. I think we have 
finished off our zombie um uh, zombie meals for some time now we've done a lot of zombie films um more than we've done vampire films i think <laughs> i'm not keeping score man we may have done more noir films actually probably than zombie films oh, i think we have yeah yeah but there we are all right well that will wrap up another episode of ribbon of news <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,